So currently I'm watching the uh, Raptors and Cavs game four <clears throat> and I personally don't want LeBron to be king of the East once more and go to the finals. I believe that there should be new kings of East and West. <clears throat> and man, as a man who is rooting for the Raptors, their season could not have ended as bad as it is. It's still the start of the fourth quarter and DeMar DeRozan just got ejected for apparently winding up his arm <clears throat> in an attempt to, <clears throat> sorry, it might seem like I'm crying or choking up, but uh, I'm not, but I'm just a little astounded that he was trying to stop a layup from a fast break by Jordan Clarkson, who got smacked on the head, lost his contact lens, and that got him ejected. I thought I thought at worst that would be a flagrant one, but to get ejected in the beginning of the fourth quarter while the Cavs are Cavaliers are up like what hundred to like eighty three was it? I <clears throat> it's it's insane. It's insane. It's seventy two. Oh my god, forty points, nearly forty points. The game is still going on right now. It and it's insane at how the Cavaliers are manhandling the Raptors. Um, a tidbit from uh, Mark uh, Jones, I believe so. Uh, he said that Dwayne Casey didn't review game film at all with the Raptors, just trying to lighten the mood watching tapes from their AAU games. And honestly, that's a good coaching tactic, but not for this situation at all. The fact that they didn't review any game tape the fact that like they only did light practices it seems as though that this Raptors team just wasn't made to be mentally built for this type of situation of where LeBron literally turns it on. He literally gets his calves team focused and honed in and take it to them. It just sounds like they were a bunch of toddlers or it's just regular season. But no, it's the playoffs. The Raptors, you're one seed and yet you're acting as if you have your backs against the wall and you're acting as if there's nothing wrong. That you're just watching these tapes from when they were kids. Just trying to lighten the mood, trying to distract them from game three. And yet, you know, you're you're shocked that you guys lost. It, seems, it sounds like Dwayne Casey and the Raptors staff literally just gave up. I don't know how I feel about this because I want the Raptors to win. But to see them so mentally deflated, to see... How little effort they've been showing throughout the game, but throughout the past few games, game two was is different. You know, they made a 17 point comeback. I I will agree that they did try, but man, game three and four, oh my lord! It's it's also because the Cavaliers are playing great basketball. They literally that Pacers series really turned LeBron's team on. Oh my lord! Did I just see that? Pascal Siakam just went for an alley and just bounced up onto the rim. They're just playing really sloppy now, especially when DeMar just got ejected. Uh, but back to what I was saying, man, I cannot believe how, how mentally fatigued they look. The Cavaliers, like I said, they've been playing great basketball, you know. Oh, sorry just ate something 
they're they've been switching up on their guys. They've been giving, of course, you know they've been giving great looks to Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith. It's it's really impressive. And LeBron, oh my lord, LeBron is being LeBron once again. He is literally dad dicking the Toronto Raptors. He just blocked a shot from OG Anubi and Nobi trying to do a Euro step. He doesn't care at all. I just feel so bad for this Raptors team. That's all I can really say. I really thought it was going to be Toronto's year, and clearly I was wrong. Clearly I should never doubt LeBron James, a human phenom who literally just has the game on lock. Uh, the rap, the Raptors. All I can really say is that like they're not playing confident at all. They're missing shots. They have their they have the bench players out right now against Cavaliers starters, and it's kind of insane that like the Cavaliers just won't let up, even though it's like not like the ninth minute of the fourth quarter. CJ Miles, he's trying to do his best, but it's not going to be enough. LeBron James hits another fadeaway mid-range. <laughs> they have C.D. Osmond out. You know, they only put out C.D. Osmond, even though he's a quote-unquote fan favorite. Only when it's garbage time. They, the Cavaliers know it's garbage time. They know the Raptors are playing like toddlers. They, are, they don't give a shit. It's insane at how bad it is. Uh, what else can I say? You know, LeBron, he's LeBron. He make he made an impossible angle shot before, and it, it, I have to say, I give him credit for credit is due. He is the king when it comes to this era of basketball. But the fact that, that the Raptors just sh- shit the bed this hard, that Dwayne Casey didn't even go through game film, I'm going to just keep referring to that because... It just seems as though, like, they didn't give a shit. It's not so much that I'm mad, it's just more that I'm disappointed. I'm probably like every other Toronto Raptors fan. They're not my main team, but I'm one of the people that were that was rooting for them to actually have an upset, to actually create some noise, since you're the first seed in the East. You had a 59-win season, and yet you're about to get sweeped by the one of the weakest led Cavaliers teams, whom the Indiana Pacers led by Victor Oladipo. And who else? What, are you going to say Daddy is Young? Or are you going to say Miles Turner? No. The Raptors had Kyle Lowry. The Raptors had DeMar DeRozan. They had their entire bench squad. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, CJ Miles. Like, they were prided on their bench. And yet they get stomped by LeBron, who was taken to a seven-game series by the Indiana Pacers. Victor Oladipo was right. He said, if you guys don't respect the Pacers now, then I I don't respect you. And that's a fact. Because the fact that the Pacers brought that defensive intensity into the first round, while the Raptors are playing like the Rugrats versus... What? <laughs> Who would the Rugrats go up against? 
like what Dragon Ball Z characters? Is that what we're at right now? It's just it's just that bad. My God, I don't know what the Raptors are gonna do. Uh, here's my prediction though: Dwayne Casey will be fired. He he's gone, and especially with the market for the head coaches. You know, I broke that down into what into my piece of what the Bucks should do. It's on my website, but you know, with the amount of candidates that the Raptors could be looking at if they fired Dwayne Casey from Itori Messina to Becky Hammond to Mike Budenholzer, David Blatt. There needs and I know they prided themselves on a culture change this entire season. Where the hell is that change? They're children playing out with adult men. It's like as if a like five-year-old was playing against LeBron James. That's how bad it looks. They look lost. They look... <sighs> DeMar DeRozan looked like he was about to cry at one point. Just because he was so frustrated with how his team was playing. Dwayne Casey, whenever there's a close-up of him, all he does, he just looks around. He looks worse than Ty Lue's freaking fish ass. Like, you're kidding me? You're kidding me right now? Make some adjustments, but there's not that much of an adjustment there. I don't see them keeping Fred Van Fleet either. He hasn't been playing well this, se- this series at all. All he really does is, in my opinion, shoot up a three. He hasn't been leading the bench. He he maybe like creates an open lane by going to the corner, pretending to shoot a three, while Jonas Valanciunas, who, by the way, is literally one of their saving graces on their team because he's been playing outstanding this entire series. He's he's giving it all. This this man, he is he they should keep Jonas Valanciunas. He is one of those key guys that you'll need. But, you know, Fred Van Fleet, he just goes in for the corner three, pretends to do it, creates an open lane with two defenders on him for Jonas Valanciunas to get in for the easy lay in. Uh, CJ Miles, he try. He's a vet. You know, he try, He does what he can. But compared to like the new All Star Kevin Love, who really just found out like he's an All Star. He's playing like it. It's just insane. It. Uh, he. I don't know if he's gonna be on the team. Like, any, like if they go through with just not blowing up, but retweaking is the word. I don't think they should blow it up. I think they should retweak. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people have been saying that maybe they should get rid of rid of one of the uh, trash bros, which is Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan's nickname. I don't know if they should get rid of either one. And I'm pretty sure after this ejection and this, I guess you could say, breakdown of Demar Derozan, who by the way has mental issues because he has been suffering depression his entire life. Him and Kevin Love actually did a piece on it, and they talked about mental illness within NBA players. And I don't fault him for any of this. Yeah, sure, he could have played harder. And, you know, Kyle Lowry's the one that stepped up in Game 2 when, like, he wasn't actually, like... When when they made that 17-point comeback. But I, it would, I would hate to see DeMar DeRozan be the one to be traded for like pieces or different like picks and whatnot 
ultimately, um, they really need to really rethink. Masai Urji, their general manager, really needs to rethink about this Raptors team. What more can I say? Cavaliers, they're going to the finals again on whoever wins the Philly and Cavaliers series. Phillies and Celtics. Whoa. That, nah, that was my fault. But, yeah. Whoever wins the Philly and Celtics series is going to face the Cavaliers. I really hope someone could stop the Cavaliers because I just don't want any, like, I don't want LeBron to be in the finals once again. Everyone talks about, like, oh, this season was different, you know. Cavaliers looked like their weakest, and the Warriors, they look like they're starting to slow down. Nah, bruh. It's looking like it's going to be Warriors and LeBron part four. That's, that's a little insane, and I think someone needs to do something about it. Whether it's Houston Rockets, who have like one more game against the Jazz to do a gentleman's sweep. Whether, you know, if the Rockets could pull off a Golden State win. Everyone needs to fire on all cylinders and ha- make, and hopefully have Curry play 80% of what he can do. Because he's been playing well. But he's not up to full Steph Curry like we all know him. Um, what the rap, what the Rockets really need is that they need Clint Capella to be how he was against the Jazz a day ago. He he literally just he was unstoppable. You know he even did the uh, the Kembe Matumbo finger wave. He was that good, and if they if he could perform like that. This entire series against Golden State, uh, you know, I, I don't know if the Rockets could have a chance, but that means that James Harden, Chris Paul, um, Gerald Green, all of the role players, they they all need to step up. Mike D'Antoni's coaching needs to be on point. They need to outplay the Warriors. Um, but enough on that. Uh, I'm just really disappointed in this Toronto Raptors team. I really thought they had a chance. They had a franchise record in their season for the most wins. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan looked like they were mentally fortified. But it's LeBron. And I guess they had bad luck that in 1964, no, 1984, something like that. 1984, uh, LeBron was born in Akron, Ohio. He turned out to be one of the best basketball players to ever live. Oh, my Lord. Jeff Green just hit a three, and it just crushed me. (laughs) Um, What else can I say? Jose Calderon's out there playing some great defense. Um, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam came by a shot to get in. Enough about the Raptors, though. Let's talk about the Celtics and Sixers game that was on earlier. Holy crap. Okay, I'm going to just say straight up, how could the referees... How? No, 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 no. no, no I'm not even going to start with that. How are you... <clears throat> how are you, even though you're a quote-unquote star, you know? 
How are you going to talk, talk trash while your team's still down three to one? Claiming, claiming that the defender that's on you is actually like, <clears throat> he, you know, he should, he should just give like one two for apparently two because he's too short to punch you. Joel Embiid literally said that in his post-game conference interview. Bruh, your team is down 3-1. How about you start playing well since you only scored 15 points this game? Since anytime you tried posting up, Al Holford literally got your ass. You know? Stop criticizing Terry Rosier. Rosier. Oh, sorry. Stop criticizing Terry Rosier for being too short and apparently trying to punch you. And just play. make Get your team up. You know, if you're really going to try to pull off this impeccable histor- historic run of being down 3-0 and trying to force a game 7 and actually win it, then just play. Stop talking trash after your interview. Especially when the uh, next two games are in Boston. That's no impossible feat. Boston takes their sports... Hard. And this is coming from a New York Knicks fan. They're probably as loud as we are on their best days. And that's insane. TD Garden is no joke. If Joel Embiid cannot perform, like, well, then there's no point of you trash talking. Especially if you have a shirt that says, History will be made. And retweeted. Like, I get your social media savant, but man, Embiid, the whole Sixers crowd, I was never really the fan of Sixers or the, how they actually achieved their success by tanking for four seasons and getting generational talent after generational generational talent. And yes, they've had uh, many misses. They had Jaleel Okafor. They had uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, was it? I'm sorry. I, I don't even remember how many... Guys, they actually shifted through to finally get Embiid and uh, Markel Fultz, who I don't believe is a star, and Ben Simmons. You know, it, they've had so many misses. But the fact remains is that I get it. Everyone knows that Embiid is Embiid is good, but when it comes down to really prove it, so just so you don't get a stomp, just so you guys had a 16 regular season win prior to the playoffs. Just because you beat the Miami Heat, who really don't have a star, yet still took a game away from you guys because of Eric Spolster's like impeccable coaching, that like that does not give you the right to trash talk while you're down against the I guess you could say starless starless Celtics because you know you're down three one and they don't even have Kyrie Irving, they don't have Gordon Hayward. Uh, I think Marcus Smart just came off injury. Jalen Brown just came off an injury. Jason Tatum, who was a rookie that you guys traded for in terms of trying to get Markel Fultz for the the, uh, number one pick. Like, he's lighting you guys up. This is his sixth consecutive playoff 20-point game. That's, That's crazy. He's out playing Ben Simmons. There's a highlight reel today where he freezes Ben Simmons and spins around him and goes in for the easy dunk. So before the Sixers really start hyping themselves up, because I know the Eagles won against the Patriots, 
everyone understands that. Because I understand how Philly media, how Philly fan delusion works. But man, y'all gotta really like tone it down before anything even happens. Before you even get to the finals, you have to face either. You, you're gonna have to face the goat, the goat of this era, LeBron. And before you could even do that, you had to go against the Celtics team, who has you pinned down the wall with three and one. And you're back in Boston in a couple of days. So before you could talk about anything, Joel, you really gotta make something happen before anything else. Every, I think the tide is turning against the Sixers, though, because for, I would say, ever since that 16-win uh, run they had towards the end of the season, ever since Markel Fultz supposedly stole the youngest rookie record for having a triple-double, even though he has not played at all this playoff season. I wonder what that's about. Could it be a shooting? I don't know. <clears throat> even though all that, I believe that the hype is starting to like turn against them and that people are looking at them as arrogant. They're giving the new team to hate. Trust me on that. I, as a man who's hated the Sixers since they started tanking, everyone else joined my bandwagon, you know, hating the Sixers because they will be the team to hate in the next couple of years. Along with the Celtics, who the only reason I'm actually rooting for is a New York fan is because they actually legitimately like did not tank much at all if anything Danny Ainge is a masterful GM Brad Stevens who's <clears throat> candidacy for being a coach really was out of nowhere coming out of Kentucky and now he's made such a squad where like he doesn't even need his stars that's kind of crazy to think about he's make he's making Terry Rosier literally a role player back like what two seasons ago since he's only been like three years in the pros he averaged like 5.3 points his first year well in the regular season I believe he's been averaging around like 12 points <coughs> under uh, Brad Stevens tutelage it's crazy what Stevens has done I believe he's personally going to become the new Popovich considering how young he is considering how well he's already doing it's it's they were projected to win 28 wins last season, but they actually came up with like 40 wins with Isaiah Thomas at the helm. And then they traded Isaiah Thomas. Celtics got it. Philly really has to show up. One thing I will notice though is that Ben Simmons, he's he played well today, but I wouldn't say to the point where like everyone should be shocked or amazed. Because when they say playoffs are different, they are different. There's stakes to this game. Anytime you mess up, that could be just like you think back to it. And it's like, oh shit, if I actually defended them correctly or if I didn't let them switch or if I didn't have like a mental lapse on the defense or if I actually passed the ball correctly and caught it, you guys know what I'm referring to, hopefully. Then, you know, maybe he wouldn't be down 3-1. That's just... That's just how it is. And I think Ben Simmons is slowly maturing. I'm scared for the future of the NBA because Celtics and Sixers are looking to be the team to dominate in the next couple of years. 
barring injury, but you never know. So, we'll see where that goes. I personally think that Sixers could actually possibly steal. I don't know. I think they take it to Game 7 if they really need to. But Embiid really needs to like slow his fucking roll and actually play better. He played like ass today. That's all I have to say. He, he usually gets like 20-point games. He's more of a shooter in my opinion. Yes, he posts up a little bit, but... His posting up is becoming, well, it's being rendered ineffective because of how Stevens is actually anticipating him to post up with <coughs> putting, uh, I think, was it Al Horford on him? So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. TJ McConnell, oh my lord. He had 17 points. Uh, I should be looking at the rest of the stats, but that's the only thing that's really coming to mind. I still have the Raptors game on. It's like down to the last minute. And they've cut down the lead back to like 30. And yeah, that's how their season goes. But T.J. McConnell played great today. That's one thing Philly does need to have everyone show up. So if they're actually going to try to take the Celtics series to Game 7 and actually try to win it. In the past few games, even with the Heat, um, Robert Covington has been non-existent in terms of offense. Because, you know, he's usually the guy that's known for shooting in threes, especially coming from the uh, G League and earning that $15 million contract. He needs to really show up. Um, Daryl Sarek has been nowhere to be found except uh, he's been there for like a couple heat games. Aaron Ilosova, Aaron Ilosova, Ilosova. It's hard to pronounce his last name, but everyone needs to show up. They need to give the starters the boost that they need to. Otherwise, it's not gonna really work out for them. Everyone really needs to show up, and now I don't know how they're gonna do that. Mainly because of the fact that if if they're not playing up to par, if everyone's not playing up to par with that mental fortitude, then I guess they'll lose it. We could just chalk it down to inexperience. Some people are, some Philly fans are actually already claiming that they should fire Brett Brown. Brett Brown is not the problem. He is more of a long-term solution. I believe that they should not be firing Brett Brown. That's asinine. But Philly fans are like New York fans. Except I guess a little ruder. You know, they want quicker results because they endured four years. Four years. Boo-hoo. You all experienced four years of tanking and torture and draft picks. Well, as a freaking Knicks fan, I faced... Well, ever since I was born, they kind of sucked. Except for like that one year in like 2012. Melo, Amari, J.R. Was that Tyson Chandler's year? No, he came back the year after. But regardless, you know. Philly needs to show up somehow. Philly needs to show up. So the end game stats, they're showing up right now for LeBron. Is that he had 11 assists. I think he had like 9 rebounds near triple-double. 29 points. 11 for 17 shooting. He didn't even, like, really need a 40-point game anymore. 
Um, yeah, that's LeBron. LeBron is LeBron. He just demoralized them so much. You know, if LeBron wasn't born in Ohio, he he would the Cavaliers would not be as relevant as they are anymore. As they are now. Excuse me. That's a fact. Everyone knows that. But in other news, Jeff Van Gundy was just fired. That is kind of expected. I thought they would actually give him like another year since he had one more year left in his uh, five-year deal, but I assume not because they're at $370 million of rosters, of salaries from players. You want to know what the biggest one is? If you guys can guess, please, I'll let you guys take a moment. Alright, so it's Blake Griffin. Yes, the former 2010 Rookie of the Year. Four-time All-Star. Actually, no, five-time All-Star. Four-time All-NBA player. The guy that was the running mate for Chris Paul before he dipped from the Clippers. And he takes up a large chunk of it. They're still paying for Josh Smith who has $16 million, who is on the Pelicans now, and they're still paying $16 million to Josh Smith. And, uh, basically, Van Gundy is supposedly, like, quote-unquote, the leader of the Blake Griffin trade, because, you know, when he's interviewed by that, he states that you have to go for a talent, an MVP-like talent like Blake Griffin, because he might change everything. Yes, I would have said so maybe three years ago, but the man's been injured for a long, long time. Starting from back spasms from 2014 to now, where, to 2016, where it's like he had a left, he had a knee, he had a sore right knee, which became a surgery, and then till now, which became a uh, right knee contusion. The man's having injuries on injuries on injuries. That's kind of wild. I don't know if I would be able to pay a man who has a potential, who is nearing the ripe old age of 30 in two years. He's 28 right now. And, uh, excuse me for a second. Sorry about that. I was just getting some water. So, Blake Griffin, he's had injuries on injuries on injuries, and... According to uh, um, Zach Lowe of the Low Post, one of my favorite NBA reporters, literally, if I could ever go up to his level, be mentored by that man, I would. Check out the Low Post, please. That's a personal endorsement. His podcast is, is very informative. But aside the point, according to Zach Lowe, Jeff Van Gundy wasn't the proprietor of the Blake Griffin trade, you know, they gave away Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, two of their starters, two of their good starters, might I add, for, and a draft pick, I think they gave away their, this year's draft pick, I, I made a, I made an article about the Detroit Pistons, the state of Detroit, Detroit Pistons, and it's, and I think that's what I put down, 
And they gave up a dra- their draft pick from this year, I think so. And two of their best players for Blake Griffin, who is $173 million worth of a contract since he signed a, what, a four-year or five-year deal with the LA Clippers, who promised to not trade Griffin. And look what they do. They trade Griffin, and it seems as though Blake is staying with the Clippers alongside DeAndre Jordan. But no, the Clippers do a switch up, and they actually get back two pretty good players who I think are like only like 25. So the Clippers probably still contend. Hell, they were near playoffs. And to see what Doc Rivers has done with that roster, I would say I would give him like a B, you know? Doc Rivers is still a good coach. I, I will say that. He is a great coach. I believe he's currently underrated right now, but that's aside the point. To see the Clippers trade the massive behemoth contract of Blake Griffin, a man who has been injured upon injured upon injured, it really, it really boggles your mind that everyone on the entire staff of the Detroit Pistons were, was like, oh shit, Blake Griffin? The guy that was that could have been an MVP candidate two years ago, who jumps out of Kia cars. Oh, I'm sorry, he jumps over Kia cars. I don't know. I think we should get him. Yes, we know of his injury history, but man, we gotta get him. Oh, you need Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, two of our great players who are in their primes. And the draft pick for this year's draft? Shit, we gotta do that, you know? We gotta make a move. It's Blake Griffin. Man, the Detroit Pistons did this to themselves. I have, They're like one of those franchises where I don't know what exactly they're trying to do. They're in the same category as uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. As the, um, I guess I'm not... Eh? No, I, the Atlanta Hawks have a straight vision of what they want to do, which is tank, like really tank hard. So yeah, I, I would put them in the same categories, category as the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. I want to say Charlotte Hornets, but uh, that's a little bit more of a dicey situation. <laughs> I guess you could add Toronto Raptors to the list too, because how bad they just lost themselves it's a shame really they had all the potential in the world they could not realize it truly hope the pelicans don't become like them but you know that's a way, little ways down the line or the bucks but i also wrote a piece on them and you can find my thoughts on that on my website but aside the point the knicks move moving on the knicks have officially declared that David Fitzdale is their coach. I could not be happier. I really could not. He's already on a flight to Latvia. He He's meeting Porzingis, and I think on Tuesday, which, which is tomorrow, he's having a formal introductory uh, press conference. And I'm very, I'm going to watch intently. And I'm going to be happy because the Knicks are making good moves. 
I want to see who we draft. I'll do a whole draft podcast um, episode soon. You know, it's going to be on my to-do list. And I'm just excited for my next future. That's all I can really say. We have a lot of good prospects this draft. Some people have mentioned that maybe we should get the Clippers, who have like the 12th and 14th pick. I'm not so sure about that idea. Yes, getting to mid mid um, first round picks might be beneficial considering like who has end up as stars with like Giannis or uh, Donovan Mitchell hell even DeJounte Murray's trying to stir up some rumblings but Kawhi Leonard as well but I, I think it just depends on how you develop the talent if you develop the talent right then you're golden Look at the Spurs. Seems like they like. They seems like they uh, shit out a star every other day. It, yeah. So I just want to see who is going to be our assistant coach. Uh, there's been rumors that we're like Mike Woodson might join us as assistant coach, but I highly doubt it. There's rumors that uh, Nick Vanexel is that his name? He's uh, an assistant coach. Who. I'm blanking out right now. He coached some notable players. He started off as a trainer, apparently. And I'm trying to remember. He uh, he helped out Tobias Harris. Oh, there's there's like a good couple other names, too. I think Kyle Lowry. Uh, no, no. I know he didn't help train uh, Tobias Harris. But he started off as a trainer who slowly became... A uh, scout, scouting in the scouting department, and I think he's an assistant coach for someone else. Other Orlando Magic, yes. Not sure if he worked with Aaron Gordon though, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm like sounding very, uh, I guess, weak. It's just that you know I actually don't have like a lot of water in my throat right now, but it's also this Raptors loss kind of like I guess disappointed me so much and yeah this is it for the podcast it's a depressing one I will say that but no I'll keep up with all the good work uh, check out my two articles on the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Pistons I believe we're going to do one on Toronto next but I'll decide on that in a moment. And, uh, yeah, until the uh, next one, hopefully, you know, we could see Rockets versus Warriors and uh, Cleveland versus... I I honestly want to say... I really want to say Celtics, but I'm not counting up the, the Sixers just yet. But, you know, right now I'm going to enjoy some Inside the NBA. And, uh... Yeah, you know, this is it. So, I hope you guys enjoyed. And, you know, thank you for listening to me. A a guy who's really just trying to make it in a sports writing world. And, yeah, this is the uh, Bench Warmer Post. And thank you for listening. Till next one, guys. Peace.